In this episode of Business of E-Commerce, I talk about tips for selling on marketplaces. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 145. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky. And I'm here today to talk about some of my tips for selling on marketplaces. So to start off, marketplaces, I kind of think of them as jet fuel for an e-commerce seller, right? A lot of folks are selling on their own Shopify site, their own big commerce, their own Magento site somewhere. And at some point they decide to move their operations over to a marketplace to kind of add that as a way to enhance or augment their current offering. And this can be done in many different ways. And I see a lot of sellers do this and the ones who do it right can drastically increase the sales and the ones that kind of aren't ready for it have issues right out of the gate and can really cause actual problems for their business. So I want to outline a few tips on, on some do's and don'ts and just things that I've kind of found over time. So first few marketplace examples, when we're saying marketplaces, we're talking some of the big ones, obviously Amazon eBay, Walmart, that sort of thing. Also, there's some specific marketplaces you'll find for different niches. So clothing has theirs. Uh, For instance, firearms aren't allowed to be sold on some of the larger marketplaces, but there's folks like Gunbroker, Weapons Depot. They have marketplaces just for that. So even if you're selling a product that maybe can't be sold on Amazon, there usually are other places where it can be sold or just places, for instance, like clothing, there's places where it can just be sold better, right? Where folks are actually looking for that sort of product. So I'd always say first, do your research on what marketplaces are available and don't just jump right to Amazon, eBay, the big ones, because there are some specific ones that might actually get you, might be smaller, but might get better sales. So listed out six tips here to kind of review things that I've just kind of found from talking to different sellers, different retailers that We'll be better off knowing from the beginning. So tip number one is be sure to optimize your product listings. This sound, may sound obvious, but at the same time, what I hear a lot of new sellers saying, first time they get on the platform, they always have these aspirations that they want to have 10,000 listings, 100,000, these big numbers, 500,000, these big numbers, right? And this actually used to work. This back in the day was actually a strategy that did work, right? You just went on Amazon, you just listed as much as you could. You did the spray and pray and it worked actually just because there weren't that many other listings and you go on eBay, you're competing against a few small sellers. So you go on here, listen to high product catalog, hundred thousand products and you win, right? You would just get, you would just get random sales based on the number of products. And as you increased, you get more, right? They just weren't that, it wasn't that competitive. Fast forward 2020, that's no longer the case. Each listing, each search page, everything is super competitive now. Folks have this dialed in and you can't just go and do that approach of let's just do more um, quantity, less quality. You need to really look at the quality because people on the other end that are buying, they're not just clicking on the first result and hitting buy. They're opening 10 different tabs, They're looking at, hey, I want to search for Apple watch bands. 
then not just search for Apple Watch bands and there's one seller, you search for that, there's thousands of listings, different types of bands. Each one of those has then hundreds of sellers. So it just, the numbers have just gotten so large that if they click on yours and there's no photos, brief descriptions, that sort of thing, very few details, they're just gonna move to the next one. So always focus on your product listings. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're running an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of Drip is the Visual Workflow Builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation rules visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation rules. It's powerful, but also easy to learn, unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation. To get a demo of Drip today, you can go head over to drip.com slash BOE. That's drip.com slash BOE. Now onto the show. Next, you want to then check out pricing competitive pricing and understand who else is selling a product, who am I competing against here, and what is their price? You need to do a lot of research here because it's not obvious. Not just obvious on the competing price, but also competing costs, right? Every marketplace has their own listing fees. It might be in the case of Amazon per category, which is very common. It might be based on weight, based on all sorts of different factors that you need to have a complete understanding before you start selling, hopefully, how much will this cost us? So you know your cost of, you know your COGS, you know your fees, then start looking at, okay, where are our margin and who can I compete with here? And there's cases on Amazon where you do your research and realize there's no margin, there's no room. Even when I factor it down, maybe there's a few points, but not enough left for returns. So it just might not be a game that you wanna play, right? Um, Early example, Apple Watch bands, it has just been beat down that sort of uh, product listing. So the margins are so razor thin that you're going to get any percentage of returns could just annihilate your profit. So you need to be very careful what sort of listings you're even playing in. And there are many nowadays that are not profitable. And it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means maybe it's just not a place where you want to compete. And that's okay. So you don't want to go and just Again, spray and pray and just price things at some sort of margin and they don't make sense. You want to really do your research. Here's my listing. Here's my price. How do I get that dialed in against my competitors? So next, going down the list of competitors, you want to start doing your searching, right? So once you get this listing, you need to understand a couple different factors. First, what are people searching on, right? So what does the search result look like? And where do you fall in that search result? Are you the top listing? Are you going for the long tail here? You know, very unique keywords. Or are you playing in some super competitive space and you're trying to rank higher up there, right? So where, what is your play? And then once you go further down, you also have to think something like Amazon. Someone would be searching for Apple Watch bands. And there might be 100 listings under that. But then on each one of those listings, there's multiple sellers competing for the buy box. This is more common on Amazon, eBay, for example, not so much, um, but it is something you just wanna keep in mind if you're selling on Amazon, that you're competing for both 
a listing on the search result, but then also where you fall on that listing page. So it's kind of two steps. And there are things you can do. There is marketplace SEO, that sort of thing, to rank a little higher, get better reviews. What, list, what listing you're actually, if it's an existing listing on Amazon, often the same product could be sold into multiple ASINs, not allowed, but it happens. So if that is the case, you'll want to know, hey, which eight, I want to do the search ahead of time. What ASIN do I want to be linked to? Because it's searching, it's re, uh, higher up in the search page. So you want to have an understanding of where each ASIN ranks, where each listing ranks, and where you're going to be competitive compared to those, right? If you're down on result 100, maybe it's just too competitive and you want to start off on a little more of a long tail type product where you can actually come in the top three. So always keep that in mind. Tip number four, this goes without saying, but you need to really overinvest when it comes to a marketplace and customer service. So you obviously have customer service if you're selling today, customer support, where's my tracking number, that sort of thing. But when it comes to a marketplace, just it, it, the bar is so much higher. Part of that is everyone can see your results. If you have a negative review, it's right out in the open. So you can't hide from that. One negative review, one out of 20 can actually really affect your rankings, the number of stars, or however they kind of rate you on that marketplace. So every review counts. That little extra here can really go a long way. Maybe investing in longer support hours, if you can go weekends, that sort of thing. Having support have more access to certain data so they can get, hey, where's my tracking number? And they can get right back to them instead of saying, well, we'll, we'll wait or that sort of thing. When issue arises, you need to be really on top of dealing with that. On your own site, you might have some delay. But when you were talking on a marketplace, that person, if they kind of sense this is slow and I'm not being treated fairly, very easily they hit that one star. And right there, that hurts you in the long term. And it's the right thing to do. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're investing in customer service in the marketplace, it's also going to help your main business too. So those same support reps can work for both. So invest and over-invest in customer support to get on the marketplace because what was working on your own site needs to be really ramped up when it comes to a marketplace. Also what people kind of don't see some of the time when it comes to pricing, the margins are going to be thinner, but there's a chance if you're okay with that, you can still do it. You're going to get more sales. So just the volume of customer support will also increase. You're going to have a tighter margin, more sales so you're gonna have just a lot more if you get you know every 10 sales you get one customer service one customer ticket right now you might get a thousand sales so you need to really multiply these numbers and really kind of be prepared to ramp up fifth to do fifth uh tip here is you got a nail fulfillment again some folks in their own site, they're a little lax on this. You know, maybe it's three days, maybe it's five. Maybe they give some broader ranges. Hey, let's ship between two and seven days. And they have terms of service that no one looks at. But when it comes to a marketplace, this is important. This is super important. And if you do wrong by your users, this will be 
especially in the case of Amazon, used against you, right? So they monitor when the product was shipped, how long before the tracking number was entered. And that if you start having late fulfillments and not meet, keep up with their times, that's going to ding your account. Also, your fulfillment times are going to be listed right in your page. So if you say this product can be shipped in two to three days, people are going to see that. And you bet someone is going to have their wedding or christening or bar mitzvah. They're going to have it on the third day, right? So <laughs> they're ordering. You need to be very sure you can meet those fulfillment times because people are basing actual real life events very often on these times. So you need to make sure what you say in that listing is what you're going to fulfill. And if you do, folks go the other direction I've seen and just say, okay, maybe we can't guarantee three days. Maybe so maybe we'll just go way larger. We're going to go seven to 10 days. We're going to go 10 to 15. You, you start to see these fulfillment times. You can do that, but A, you're going to get less folks buying. And then B, one issue that people always run into is no matter what you put there, when it's the other way, folks will just translate into the head to two to three days. So even if you say, hey, we're shipping it from whatever, um, we're shipping it directly from China, it's going to take 30 days. On that third day, you're going to email someone saying, where's my package? So although I said they read it, people read it when it works for them, but a lot of folks aren't reading it. And the ones that don't, they blame you, right? As a seller, hey, I expected to get in three days. Where is my, where is my um, package? And you can get this a lot. So just understand, you can go longer for one times, but you have to really be very diligent. And you're going to get a lot of support requests saying, where's my package? You're going to have to explain to them. Even once you explain it, they're going to get upset, right? They just, people have come to expect three-day fulfillment times. So I would always say, if possible, figure out how you can do that. Maybe using um, Amazon fulfillment services, maybe using another 3PL, or maybe you're a drop shipper and you work with only certain vendors that can really hit fulfillment times because there's other ones that maybe can't. And that's okay. But you just want to know that up ahead uh, in advance and you want to be prepared for that. Prepare your listings your support team and everyone should know that going into it. So number six, this one obvious to some, but I figured I just should have it in here. You need to always follow the rules of the marketplace. Each marketplace has their own set of rules, what you can and cannot do, how you should interact with users and you can, people play fast and loose, right? They kind of go to the edge. Maybe they break the rules. Maybe they do some shady things. In the short term, it helps, right? You, not going to lie. You see people get all these fake reviews, for example, and it helps. It boosts their ratings. But in the long term, the marketplace is start to figure this out. And if you're here and you're trying to build a reputation as a seller, you're trying to build up your account, doing things like that, getting fake reviews, eventually you'll get figured out. They'll tweak their algorithm. They'll start to understand. And on that day, all your investment, all your hard work, is going to go right down the tube and you're going to, they can kick you back to start over essentially put you in a penalty box. They can, they can just deactivate your account altogether. There's many things they can do. And because it's a marketplace, you're not in control of this. So always, always, always play by the rules. Make sure you understand the rules, understand when you're selling Amazon, how they're going to 
rate you, how they're going to rank you. A lot of this is public and just get a sense of how they're going to do that because there are rules and they're not just there to help the buyers, but they're also there to help you as a seller understand how to succeed in that marketplace. So understand the rules and just follow the rules. Don't, don't do some short-term shady things to boost your rankings. Then the long-term are really going to come back to hurt you. So I hope that helps. Let's run through it real quick. First, pick your marketplace that actually suits you. Tip number one, though, optimize your product listings. Tip two, spend research and time on competitive pricing. Tip number three, monitor where you rank in the listings. Tip number four, overinvest in customer service. Number five, nail your fulfillment. And number six, play by the rules. So I hope that helps. If it does, like this, leave a comment, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll be back next week to talk about more. Thanks. Have a good one.